0: I love history. If you love history too, this is the Channel today. Few conflicts in American history had a greater impact on the future of the nation than the war with Mexico in 1846. And yet, quizzically, we really don't discuss that war that much. You can take an entire course in U.S. history in high school or even college and barely get mention of the war Uh with Mexico. And maybe partly that's because it was a long time ago, and maybe partly that's because it was overshadowed by the Civil War 15 years later, uh, but it really is an important (laughs) conflict up with giving us a legacy of things like California, Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, and Nevada. But one of the reasons that we really don't talk about it that much is that even today... We struggled to understand the war with Mexico and why we fought that war. And that was actually a question in the time as well. And that was starkly illustrated by the fact, the little-known fact, that the best unit in the Mexican army during the U.S. war with Mexico was made up of U.S. soldiers who had deserted the U.S. army in order to fight on behalf of Mexico. And who they were and why they were fighting tells us a lot about what America was like in the 1840s, and a lot about the divisions that would lead us into the Civil War a decade and a half later. And so today we're going to talk about the Mexican Brigado de St. Patrico, the St. Patrick's Brigade. The core of the group had actually joined the Mexican Army before war was even declared, especially a group of Irishmen who had deserted General Zachary Taylor's Army of the Rio Grande under the leadership of a man named John Riley. And they were actually fighting for Mexico in the first battle of the war, the siege of Fort Texas. And the fact that they deserted before war was actually declared would become important later. Their first battle as a recognized unit of the Mexican army was the Battle of Monterrey, where they manned a battery of artillery, and that's where they started to gain their reputation as one of the best units in the Mexican army. They fought very bravely and, in fact, drove back a couple of the mass attacks in the center of the town, and yet their effort was not enough to keep the Mexican army from deciding that they would retreat and abandon their strong position in Monterrey. And they distinguished themselves yet again in the next battle, the Battle of Buena Vista, where they not only inflicted a huge amount of American casualties and helped to capture an American artillery battery, but they withstood several counterattacks. And yet, one more time, their heroics were not enough to keep the Mexican army from defeat. In the battle report, the commander of the Mexican forces, General Francisco Mayhoff, described their actions worthy of the most consummate praise, And several received decorations for bravery. As the war went on, they would continue to attract deserters, and they became known as one of the best units in the Mexican army, resilient fighters, although part of that probably had to do with the fact that they knew that if they were captured, they would likely be hung as traitors. And that would come to a test after the bloody Battle of Churubusco in August of 1847. (laughs) Fighting in the town center, the San Patricos held the center for a long time, but when the Mexican army that was with them tried to surrender as they ran out of ammunition, they refused to allow them to surrender, and at least twice shot dead Mexican officers who tried to raise a flag of surrender. In the end, eighty five of the San Patricos were captured by the American army, and in the bloody fight nearly two thirds of the brigade were killed or captured, with only about another eighty five making it out with the Mexican army. The San Patricos who were captured desertion and put before a military tribunal, one where they were given no representation to defend them. Fifty were sentenced to death. It was the largest mass execution in American history. But a few were sentenced to death by hanging, even though contemporary articles of war stipulated firing squad. The Americans were in no mood for charity. The casualties that the San Patrick coast had caused had not been forgotten. And yet a few were spared the death penalty, including John Riley. And the reason was because they had deserted before war was declared, and so their crime was simple desertion, whereas the others had been charged with deserting and joining the enemy in time of war. Still, even the ones who were not executed were treated brutally, they were whipped 50 times, they were branded on the face with a D for deserter, and then they were jailed indefinitely. The executions occurred over three days. The last 30, according to the orders of the American general, Winfield Scott, were hung in full view of both armies during the Battle of Chapultepec. So why did they desert the American army to fight on behalf of the Mexicans? As you would guess from the name the St. Patrick's Brigade, many of them were Irish, but not exclusively. They were also... German-Americans, Italian-Americans, French-Americans. There were even a few disenfranchised Americans, like escaped slaves from the South. But overwhelmingly, they were new immigrants to America. They had been in America less than a year and had not had time to form Uh -uh. attachments to the country. In fact, it was common practice in America to sign up immigrants even as they were walking off the boat into the U.S. Army. In fact, very few of them were actually citizens. The Mexican army had offered some strong incentives for Americans to desert and join the Mexican army. They promised citizenship. They promised land grants. They paid better than the American army. Many of these people had come to America because they were fleeing poverty in Europe, and economic incentives were a powerful motivational force. But a key factor is that the San Patricos were overwhelmingly Catholic. Mexico was largely a Catholic nation, but the United States was largely a Protestant nation with a strong anti-Catholic sentiment. Many of them had suffered abuse at the hands of American officers who trusted neither foreigners nor Catholics. And their religion was suppressed. They were forced to go to Protestant services. Is it really a wonder that these people, barely having entered the United States, found more affinity with Catholic Mexico than with the Protestant United States, especially when our justification for invading Mexico was so questionable? The Treaty of Guadalupe, which ended the Mexican-American War, stipulated that the remaining San Patricos who were held by the United States would be sent back to Mexico, among them John Riley. He returned to Mexico and served as a regular officer in the Mexican army for many years. Some of the San Patricos went back to their home countries in Europe, but a few of them seem to have successfully made good on the promises of land grants in Mexico. Both sides agree that the San Patricos were amongst the best fighters of the war, but they were never nearly enough to turn the tide in what was a very unequal conflict. To the Americans, the San Patricos are dirty traitors, but to Mexico, they're considered heroes who came to them in their hour of need. Largely with a conscript army, they were one of the few veteran forces that they could depend upon. The desertion of the San Francisco kind of implies that conditions were harsh in the American army and that soldiers were deserting the army in growth. But that's not really true. Actually, during the war, it was an all-volunteer force, and desertion rates were lower during the Mexican-American War than they were for the regular army during peace. It was the Mexicans that faced the biggest issues with desertion. Since their army was largely conscripted, they snuck home whenever they could get free. No, the San Patricos deserted not because of harsh conditions. They really deserted because of conscience. Part of it was because the Irishmen among them saw a similarity between what the United States was doing to Mexico and what they saw Great Britain doing to Ireland. But part of it was because their Catholic faith was frankly offended by the institution of slavery, and they could not square with their conscience fighting on behalf of a nation that practiced the institution of slavery against a nation that had banned slavery. While at first the Mexican-American War brought the nation together in a big wave of patriotism, in the end it was all about the sectional issues that would lead to the Civil War. The, The reason that we fought the war with Mexico was westward expansion, but the real cause was to preserve the institution of slavery in the hope that all those new states would be brought into the Union as slave states. It was really a creature of Democratic President James K. Polk. Although, ironically, it was the more anti-war Whigs who nominated the Mexican-American War General, Zachary Taylor, as their candidate in 1848. So really, if you look at it, the cause that led the San Patricos to fight for Mexico looks very much like the differences of conscience that would lead to the Civil War a generation later. And ironically, the westward expansion that occurred because of the Mexican-American War would lead to that conflict, make it virtually inevitable. So in a way, what you could say is the San Patricos were really firing the first shots of the U.S. Civil War. I'm the History Guy. I hope you enjoyed this edition of my channel, Five Minutes of History, short snippets of Forgotten History, five to ten minutes long. If you did enjoy it, then go ahead and click that like button that's on your left. If you have any questions or comments, write it in the comment section, and I will be happy to respond. And if you want five minutes more Forgotten History, then go ahead and click that subscribe button on your right. So there you have it, St. Patrick and the battle of getting betrayed by America.